You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. Paul, this is technically episode 101. We're just chiming in here because we had to split up our marathon session with Stip from episode 100. How do you have you recovered from that? I should ask you first. (laughs) Uh, I just got out of the ice bath. A bunch of Epsom salt, you know? No, man, this was the type of thing where it was too good to fit into one episode. So it was too good. What better way to celebrate our uh, centennial anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. By, by knocking damn near three hours out. So uh, (laughs) you, you you would have already listened to part one that ended um, with some uh, interesting music and me cutting in with an edit point. Uh, But we finished with binaural. We're going to be getting into yield up to 10 and we will hit um, the actual lyric of the week. There wasn't one last week. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm telling you, it'll be interesting. And our listeners will have no idea. Yeah, they have no idea. Was. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, that there is there is a live cut from this, but it's not really worth talking about. Hey, um, do you, you talk walk about that now? back. You walk it back. We can talk about it right now. If you no, want to. we're not going to talk about it right now. Give the good listener his and her opportunity to discover for him or herself. Well, because we didn't actually talk about it. Well, we got, we got out of there before we even, we even talked about it. Uh, yeah, it was a marathon. So uh, we can talk about it right now or we can just leave well, it. No, because I, I feel like we, we, we did discuss it, though. No, we didn't. Really? Yeah, we did the lyric itself and then we got out of Dodge because your your computer was dying. <laughs> yes, I was down to like 2%. <laughs> so we can give it away now or we can do it before right before we get to uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the second part of this. Because there is a bit of news I wanted to talk about as well. But what would you rather do? Would you rather get it out of the way now or would you rather wait till after the news? No, let's jump in with the news. Okay, so the news is, and this is just a real quick thing because people have been talking about it. And I, I told somebody on Instagram that I would address this, or no, Twitter, that I would address this. Uh, so the tickets went on sale, I want to say March 29th or 23rd or 29th. So you could apply, you could have done um, 10 club, I guess the week before and applied for that lottery and you would have found out. And then you could have applied for um, Ticketmaster uh, fan verification by the 28th. And then they would let you know if you could get one of those um, quote unquote resale tickets because um, what Pearl Jam has done quite well. And by the way, pointed out by John Oliver on last week tonight, a few weeks back is that Pearl Jam is doing a thing, as many of you know where if you cannot go to a show for whatever reason, you want to uh, sell the tickets, you may to a verified fan and it's only face value. You cannot essentially scalp the tickets. So it's a one-to-one, very cool thing that the band has done there. That's the good news. (laughs) The bad news is that there was a lot of people very, very upset. Um, Sounds like the... 
I think there are questions about the face value here, right? There's questions about the face value and the process. So I, I we've we've seen out there um, face value tickets up in the rafters for a few hundred dollars, if not more. Um, I saw someone posted an image from Madison Square Garden where, if you don't know anything about the garden, they have like these um, these catwalks essentially that have seats. They're called the bridge over there at the garden. And um, they're literally like above the floor, like just elevated, hanging from the ceiling. It's wild. Pretty cool place to watch a basketball game or a hockey game. Sure. Don't know about a concert, but those were going for $750, just regular cost. So that's that. Then there My was Lord. the whole lottery situation where people were not getting chosen for the 10 club lottery with high, uh, I, should, I guess you could say low numbers. That's a whole kerfuffle. Then there was this whole thing called Pearl Jam platinum tickets that could be right where you are looking to buy tickets one or two rows different and it's thousands upon thousands of dollars and so all this and people are very upset so i don't know how to approach this because we bought our tickets for the los angeles shows way back when right they were 100 pre-pandemic bucks whatever yeah it's pretty pretty stock but we're on the floor so cool seems seems okay given inflation and everything else but now this has reared its ugly head and people are making jokes about the Ticketmaster stuff oh you know you know now you're a old-time classic rock artist you can you can uh, throw out your tickets for thousands of dollars so people are making those kinds of jokes um what, what do you make of all this i feel like there's some missing context here it just seems a little off-brand Pearl Jam charging this amount of money for a show. Uh, you and I were very fortunate. We were able to catch the band at Ohana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you far more than, than me. But uh, I just think about a lot of these fans that have waited a long time to yeah. see these guys come through. And I can't help but think that a lot of them are probably looking at these ticket prices thinking, God, I, I got to spend my this month's mortgage payment to afford to go to the show, which is a no. So it's been how many years since I've seen him? And now I, I guess I got to multiply that by two because it sounds like I'm going to miss this go around. So I'm going to have to wait how many more years before they come back in again? <laughs> I don't know. There's, uh, there, it's, it's definitely concerning. I'd like to see the band address it. That's for sure. And they haven't yet. And that's weird. You would think that if there was a mishap or if they were being undone by some sort of ticketmaster shenanigans, they would have stepped in and said something. But there's kind of it's all silent on, on the uh, northwestern front, and I don't know what to make of it. You got people like you know our, our Australian friends, um, uh, Jason from from uh, Tasmania, flying out here. He he messaged me on WhatsApp, "Hey, we're coming out." I'm like, "Okay," and he goes, "I don't have any tickets. We're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants." And I'm like, "God damn, good luck with that," because you're you're, you're committing. People like that are going to commit to flying halfway around the world. Think, thinking that they can, you know, with, it, for a decent amount of money, buy tickets last minute for the show, maybe a couple hundred dollars a ticket, kind of the going rate at this point for a band of Pearl Jam Pearl stature. stature yeah. But, you know, when, when I, I've seen the screenshots that people have posted from Ticketmaster of the seating chart, and they're up in the rafters, and it's a few hundred dollars, and then they'll highlight something in the lower bowl and it's like $3,000 Pearl Jam Platinum. You're like, what is going on? It looks like a joke. It looks like a Photoshop. And I just, I, it, it makes me upset for people who were not able to 
get verified or, or anything yeah. to get them at decent prices. Well, I am, I can only speculate, and this is pure conjecture on my part. I can only speculate that despite the many years of practice at this, that uh, there, there's a possibility that in a, in a COVID world that they're just struggling to, to kind of get back into the groove of, of, of scheduling these types of events for indoor arenas. I mean, it, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, well, I haven't seen anybody else have this problem, any other bands. Um, and I've got, I've, I've seen probably half a dozen shows since, you know, we were allowed to go back into the buildings. Um, I was I being polite, Jason. I was trying to make, <laughs> I was trying to make excuses. Okay. Here, well, you know, <laughs> I'm reaching, I'm, some I'm, people, I'm, I'm reaching no, listen, for straws. Some people are out there saying things like, you know, you know, if you have a high uh, or a good technical number, you've had, you know, the benefit of having um, priority for so many years. If you're able to see the band at such great cost for so many years, you know, blah, blah, blah. Make kind of, I don't want to say making up excuses, but trying to add some sort of context um, to people missing out. I don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, um, but it just, it just doesn't feel right. And I'm hoping that there's something, some explanation that we can be given that makes some sense because um yeah we await with bated breath until then yeah um so i said it before but there is basically no real live card of the week for um our choice our lyric choice because uh, as you'll see later on uh the the track is not really ever been played properly it's only ever been played as a tag and i want to give it away um what do you is there anything to make of this the, the performance itself the, the performance itself like you said it, it, it's not like we have a, a a bevy of choices here to choose from so i would say that uh what what what, what you get is is what you get and you don't get upset as they say in kindergarten and uh we just have to take it for what it is now a deeper dive into the lyrics if i if i I'm not mistaken. I'm mistaken. Pardon me. I do recall us having the conversation about this particular track and its uh, relevancy, whether or not it was essential in any way, and and, and you know, mm -hmm. the larger uh, context in which it fit within the the yeah. album from which it comes. Right. So Got it. I don't think we need to dive into that right now. Yeah, but no. the actual performance itself, I think, uh, I'm actually surprised, believe it or not, that it's the first time and the only time that they've ever done this. Yeah, I, I actually would have thought that they would have thrown it in just for shits and giggles a, a couple of times over the years, um, but they didn't. And so for those of you who probably thought I will never hear this song live. Oh, boy, do we have a treat for you? Yeah, um, it's uh, it's a it's, I'm not going to tell you how long it is. It was, like I said, a, a minute ago, a tag. And I'll let you just kind of guess. Um, it's from March 18th, 1995 in Sydney, Australia. Not the best quality. Here it is and see if you can recognize what it is.
So did you get it? Do you understand what this is? If not, don't worry. Wait about an hour and a half and you'll, you'll get the lyric, <laughs> lyrical discussion with Paul and Step and myself. Um, anything else before we get to the show? No, let's jump in. We've, we, right. we've kept our listeners waiting too long with our gibberish and shenanigans. Let's continue and complete our choices for best lyrics from every studio album. And we continue with Yield. So let's go to where are we going now? Was that it? Was that binaural? That was binaural on the yield. Oh, we're going to yield. Okay, here we go, guys. Okay, and now we're in the 90s. 98. Yield. Stip's choice. I wish I was the verb to trust and never let you down. I take umbrage with this choice. <laughs> <laughs> Do First you? of all, go ahead. Go ahead. To no, trust no, no, is no, it, no, it no, is no. an infinitive. It is a yes. verbal. It is a, so, so it's frustrating. I'm yes. sorry. I'm no, no. Sorry. I, I, that's you like, have first up step. You let, go let, ahead. No, no, no. Let, well, let, let the uh, the former English teacher no, get, get no, this off I'm, their chest. I'm, I'm, I'm screwing no, no, around here. I'm screwing I, around here. I, I know. I know you are. I, I I hear you because it's an amazing sentiment, and it's probably the first time you know. And maybe this just speaks to the limitations of my you know uh early music habits it was the first time i heard that expressed that even though they have a song called state of love and trust you know as you well know um that you know at at the center of of what love is it's just basically uh it's trust it's you know being the person that that other that the person you care about can rely on and then I, i love that at the for a song that starts with such, you know, big sweeping images, I wish I was a neutron bomb. You know, I wish I was the, you know, evidence for 50 million, you know, people. Uh, and how the song just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it boils down to, you know, I wish I was the pedal brake that you depended on. You know, I wish I was the verb to trust and never let you down. And it's always niggled me a little bit that, like, the two shouldn't be there. But I also kind of like, what that does to the awkwardness of the the sentiment as well like the um it it almost makes it feel more real like he's like having trouble wrapping his mind around exactly what it is that he wants to to communicate i have a sentimental uh attachment to this because this was um the song uh at the time i was in a, a very serious relationship and i felt like if i ever got married to this person this was the song i would want to play at uh our wedding i didn't end up getting married to her and couldn't play it at at my actual wedding because at that point it had those other (laughs) memories and i I, and i think this was like the only love song pearl jim had at the time so i had to go to an rem song instead Uh, um i'd have more options now but that's that is one of those we talked about what makes a good lyric earlier like you know eddie hit on a truth where once he said it I'd always known it, but I didn't know it until he said it. And, you know, that was that kind of like lightning bolt eureka moment, uh, which is maybe not the most artful lyric on the record, but is the most powerful and profound, at least to me. 
Oh, that's a great take. I like the I like the addition of the word too. I don't care what anybody says. Still. Well, if you think about you know conjugations <clears throat> and and you think about translation into other languages, um, when you think about verb conjugations, it, that 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 word's going to be there. You're going to have two. Right? Don't don't get um, smart on me. Hey, <laughs> you okay. took Spanish in high school, didn't you? Come on, see. <laughs> okay, let's go to my favorite lyric from from Yield. I was convinced you were going to go with something off. Do the evolution or faithful? You surprised me with this one. And once again, you've picked my my backup. Like, oh, if I really? have a second lyric, it would have been this one. This is like the third or fourth time you've say, done that. Wow, that's how that, I know that's, I'm on the right track. I love it. Yeah, you, exactly. Exactly. Um, this is one of those moments in a song. But again, another. I feel like I'm pulling from your your stack, Paul. MFC. One of those songs that you know, outside of this tour, maybe the tour after. Not a lot of love, uh, which is interesting because it's, it's like two and a half minutes. Like they could just drop in whatever they want instead of other two and a half minute songs um, that won't be named. This is, it's real simple. There's a lot to be said for nowhere. It could just be that for me. Mm-hmm. This idea that we we are always striving to to do something, to be something, to be somewhere. There's like, uh, go, 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 go. Maybe it's about, just being within yourself and it doesn't matter where you are and just being anywhere is something and being by yourself is something and being within yourself is something. And I, I've always really appreciated that. And I know that this song came out of, you know, him literally driving a tiny car in Italy. Um, most likely a Fiat, I would have to imagine. And uh, I will say um, as an aside, like, I started really grasping onto this song a little bit more uh, in recent times because, and I won't get into the story of, of how this has come to pass, but uh, there is now a Vespa motor scooter at my household. And um, uh, I, I drive it um, a few times a week to to work or to uh, get errands that are, I can, where I can put the thing in like the, you know, the little hole in the, under the seat kind of thing. Um, can, can, not, like, can I, can I briefly interrupt this uh okay sure uh to, to make an announcement yeah uh, taylor hawkins drummer for the foo fighters just passed away i um i received that text as well i was holding on to that because i wasn't sure if i wanted to mention it yeah um, i it, it was it, it's we're recording live this just came through and so yeah. we don't normally break any news of any kind but uh just it, uh you know r.i.p uh, condolences to 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 all who knew him and Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jason. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, I guess there's no really good, good transition there, but um, you know, when when I mentioned I was on a on a, I've been on a Vespa recently, and there's a this idea of kind of of freedom and solidarity, and and kind of just being within oneself, and, and you kind of and being on a motorbike uh, of a sense, there is an added sense of for lack of a better word, mortality, because you are less seen on the road. It's a little bit more dangerous. You have to be very aware of your surroundings. And so it, it almost, in a sense, makes you feel more alive because you have to be. Do you know what I mean? So maybe that's kind of why I always really enjoyed this set of lyrics. 
Um, and I don't, I don't mean to disregard the feelings of, of, of Taylor there, but it, it kind of, it made me think of that extra angle of, of not only is it just kind of um, appreciating the solidarity in, in yourself, but also appreciating that which you have, which is life. So yeah, I think it's a fantastic lyric and uh, I'm curious if you guys have anything to add to that. I have, I have, I love it. Um, it's, it's a nice encapsulation of, I think what they were trying to to go for with the the album. It's so much more successful in that one in that one you know three line uh, sequence than say like all of in hiding, um, with you know not a, a song I'm a you know particularly big fan of, but like you know that's that's just you know it like just you know slow down. You don't owe anybody else anything. You know make you know that space and peace for yourself. Uh, and I, Eddie does those little like aphoristic punchline lyrics really, really well. I think that's where he excels as a, a writer. It's like, you know, there's a lot to be said for nowhere. It's, it's, it's in and out and it just hits you really hard. Uh, you know, part of it is just the, you know, the magic of his voice. Um, but, uh, that's, you could listen to that line and then you've got, you've got yield and can move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's go to Paul's choice. Paul's favorite lyric from Yield. I wish I was as fortunate as fortunate as me. I wish I was a messenger and all the news was good. I wish I was the full moon shining off a Camaro. First of all, it might be the coolest line in the entire Pearl Jam. It probably is. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the, the Camaro line. Yeah, oh, that's it, great. It's, it really is. Um, for me, anyway, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, but I've always also loved that line. I wish I was fortunate as fortunate as me. <laughs> um, it's just that that self-realization, awareness. You know, we talk about what it means to be aware. And, and I thought that was really prescient at the time. So, Yeah, it's, uh, it's a... a, a all, you, like the whole song goes, set, you could, I mean, yep, you, you could have <laughs> picked you almost any lyric. You don't have to keep going if you don't want to. No, no, it's it, you guys ex- basically ex- excellent the same choice. Kind of thing. Excellent yeah. choice. Well, let's move on then to No Code. We're into '96 now. Uh, Stip, this is your choice for from No Code. Um, so hail, I, hail, hail is my. I think I don't know if it's my favorite song on on No Code. I think it's the best written song on no code um there and i love the way it tests and probes and you know asks questions about you know what love is why it endures why people stay together you know what do they need from each other and you know it's it's such a a scary question to ask are we bound out of obligation is that all we've got but the song you know but it's the song that it's the question that needs to be asked uh and i you know, love how baldly it's stated in the lyric. That's one of those, like anytime I'm struggling with any type of relationship, like that's the line that at some point in my own internal processing will pop up in my head. Like, you know, there's, you, you have to answer that question. And if the, you know, answer is, you know, yes, like that's, that's all we have, then, then you need to move on. Everything else that follows from the, the song that sort of like, you know, stems from, stems from this and uh 
I, I like the the quiet fearlessness uh, that it takes to ask it. I suppose it's even more. Um, it's probably a more even uh, poignant phrase when you have children. That's the obligation uh, that, that the question's asking. So that, that adds the, adds the wrinkle. Uh, <laughs> my my uh, kids are a little older than yours, but that is very much a like a early stages of of kids and what it does to a, a relationship kind of question as well. For don't sure. I know it, brother? Don't for I know sure. it? Yep. I I think everybody's felt that some to some degree, Paul. No, I completely agree. It's uh, I agree with Stip that it, it's a very finely constructed song on a lot of levels. I've always loved that lyric. Are you woman enough to be my man? <laughs> that, that was my second choice. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that song uh, by Chris Cornell, actually, um, that has said, says a very similar thing. Oh, God, now it's escaping me. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's off of his 2006 record. Um, uh, Scream, it's like, is that Scream? It might be Scream. I, I only know the James Bond song from Scream. Yeah. Oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys know. I'm going to, I'm going to find it and tell you and, and email you afterwards. Anyways, some of you are like screaming at me through the, through the podcast in reverse, but it doesn't work that way. It's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's already happened guys. It's, it's um, not a, a, a live cast on you. Sc- scream louder. Yes. Yeah, keep, keep just yelling at your, at your car dashboard. Um, we're going to move on to my favorite choice lyrically from no code. quote Garth Algar and say <laughs> live in the now that's it man like you gotta learn from the past you have to you have to you can't ignore the past you just gotta learn from it it's an opportunity right but you gotta live in the now you can't live in the past you gotta learn from it but you can't live in it and if you live in the now if you live in the present tense You'll be that much happier. I think it's it's as simple as that. Um, yeah, I yeah. Paul, um, well, I'm, I'm just going to cut to the chase and bury the lead here. That that is also my choice for, for favorite lyric. On, Ooh, word on, for on word, no let's code. go. Yeah, so the audience has heard it, and we'll, we'll I'll just piggyback on uh, what you just said here. Uh, big, big fan of these lyrics. And, and the older I get, the more I appreciate them, the more salient they become. Uh, you can spend your time alone redigesting past. I love that, that kind of re- digesting, redigesting these mm. past regrets. Or you can come to terms and realize that you are the only one who can't forgive yourself. And if that doesn't sum up what it's like to age and not truly make progress i don't know what does um but it, it, it it's not trite either i, I think what that there's something so very forward thinking about this and, and uh the, the fact that 
these these lyrics were written in what 96 i guess Mm -hmm. probably written in 95 but it came out in 96 um and and here we are this many years later and i could see these lyrics show up on gigaton very easily i could see the song in a lot of ways show up on on good shout so yeah it's um I, w- I assumed one. Of, I assumed somebody was going to to choose this one. <laughs> I, I I confess, like th- it's a great sentiment. It's never these lyrics never landed for me. Yes, uh, descent. I was, oh uh, I was gonna say actually. I was gonna <laughs> oh, say the same no. thing about about the light years lyrics too. Um, but I didn't. No, no, no. Uh, it was such you a nice you moment. Don't have to suck up to anybody here. You no, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. It was a nice emotional moment. I didn't want to take anything away from. Step, I'll do it now. You have the we're, we're license far enough to shit all over everything. <laughs> take Jason. it away. So, <laughs> it, no, it's. I have <laughs> and all, me in this case. All of that. All of that totally makes sense, and I I love the sentiment. And you're right; it is a real harbinger of you know what's what's to come. You know, in a lot of ways, Pearl Jim has spent you know two and a half albums basically writing entire albums around the premise of you know those those three four lines. They've just always felt the same thing with with uh, that light year section. Another like really just beautiful sentiment. It's it's always felt just slightly overwritten to me uh or like there's something about the the melody and so much of a lyric is the the delivery itself where it just it slows down there's just a handful of extra you know words that don't need to be there it's entirely um like some kind of intangible aesthetic thing because they i don't have a a criticism of them from a, a craft perspective and again and the 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 sentiment is is great and very mature and so critical to what the the album is about but for whatever reason like that's not been ones that stuck with me i, I so can't the, quite figure out why it is so then let me ask you this is a total aside and i i apologize to everybody listening for shoehorning this in certainly then you must dislike seven o'clock <laughs> you love no, I, I, I love seven o'clock that makes no sense it makes no sense step that is the most shoehorned word salad song of all time uh there's <laughs> there, so there's there there's a limberness i think to the melody like you know, there's there's seven o'clock there's a lot of lyrics in it but they just all so gently tumble you know past one another uh there's a, a it's a lot of words but there's a there's a smoothness to it um even though oh, he's man. he's cramming a lot of syllables into the lines he got you can see this with something like johnny guitar too it really kicks into gear around backspacer where at least i think i mean i i love mm. those later albums more than many do that eddie figured out how to write a melody that can cram a lot of goddamn syllables into <laughs> a, a line and i don't think he's there yet on no code where he's writing generally much punchier aphoristic um here's a couple of words that are just going to get right to this point and so these longer extended thoughts that you get in something like present tense where here's one line that he's going to spread out over four or five. I just think from a, a melody perspective, he's not quite there yet for my taste. And I entirely concede that within the larger fandom community, I am absolutely in a minority. With these <laughs> Step, I, I have to point out just one last point. Yeah, yeah. Your favorite lyric from, the, from this record includes a word where he adds a syllable. <laughs> Abolegation. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, I love. I, look, I um, I'm, I'm just a hypocrite. <laughs> oh, uh, but, uh, but I'll also say honestly, this is probably the 
album where I'm, I like Eddie's writing the least. No Code is my least favorite Pearl Jam album. And so, oh, while, and so while I do really like that Hail Hail lyric, and there's plenty of good stuff on, on No Code. I don't think Eddie has an album where his lyrics are, are bad. Um, this was the album I struggled with the most to find something. There's, I could go five, six, seven lyrics deep on some of the other albums we had where I would choose those before I would have picked my favorite from No Code. Okay. Well, Stip, uh, speaking as a child of the 90s, I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> what to, what uh, a hell of a segue, man. To Vitalogy. <laughs> uh, Vitalogy, yeah. Let's go with Stip's choice then from Vitalogy. All that comes from. That is a gold medal selection right there. Yeah, it's uh, it it says something about how stacked Vitology is that I think not for you is like maybe like third or fourth up from the bottom in terms of like the actual like songs. On I that, would agree, that album. Step. I'm with and, you. And and I it's and it's a an amazing song, but mm-hmm. Vitology is just impossibly good. Um, that's one of I think Eddie's finest lyrics ever. Um. And I, when you started talking about, um, it might have been infallible, Jason. One of your your earlier, uh, one of your earlier choices. Like my mind went back to to me having chosen this because, in a lot of ways, some of those, um, you know, like the, uh, some of the lyrics on infallible are kind of getting at something a very similar sentiment to um, to what's on on not for you. Uh, you know the way in which this, this captures like the the purity, not just like the purity and, and the innocence of youth, but like the transformational possibilities, the things that you can believe because nobody has told you that you can't believe them yet. Nobody has told you that it's impossible. Naive and, and true, right? Exactly. It's it's both at the same time. And some of those later songs, uh, Infallible is a good example. Mind Your Manners actually, I think, has this uh, as well. Not as much as as Infallible is trying to recapture that as you know a, a cynical adult uh and trying trying to remember that trying to you know maybe with the, uh adding in the the wisdom that comes from experience but that that sense that anything uh you can imagine anything and by imagining anything that makes anything possible and how sacred it is how important it is to to protect that to to nurture it the way you know, given how much of, of Vitology is about, you know, commodification and authenticity in music, um, you know, how it pushes back against the the exploitation and commodification of that message, you know, that, that music is supposed to be millennial and transformative and not about uh, selling a brand or, or an image or a corduroy jacket. Uh, I love the driving, you know, restless, you know, transformational energy it's trying to capture. And then the sense of powerlessness and having like nothing to do with it and then the way later on in the catalog this is a line that's only gotten better for me the longer Pearl Jam has gone on the way in which you eventually have that power and you've forgotten 
that there was something that you wanted to do with it, the sort of, you know, tragedy of, of forgetting and the way in which a song like this, you know, helps you remember, um, you know, like the, the, almost the, the final third of the catalog so far, and, you know, hopefully it keeps going is really in a lot of ways in response to this, this section of not for you, like how do, um, how are we answerable to the, uh, to what not for you, you know, asks of us, like, you know, the, the, the call to not forget. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a idealism and an optimism. Uh, I mean, naive is, is the best word there, but when you're young, you're idealistic and naive, anything is possible and you fight for it. If you have enough fire in your belly, but you come to realize that once you have the power to do something, you got to do something with it. And that's, if, if that ain't life, I don't know what is. So it's a hell of a choice. Completely agree. All right. Well, let's go to my choice from Vitalogy. Those lyrics deserve a Letterman jacket. <laughs> you, you two are on fire. I don't think I can top this. <laughs> the, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it short. This, this is, it's simple, man. Mm-hmm. Everything has a consequence. Everything has a consequence. And the, it, no matter how small or tiny the action is, it could ripple. It could ripple. And I always think of this song when I think about making a decision because it may seem insignificant but you never know what comes from that butterfly effect. And um, obviously this was more about personal relationships and love and that kind of thing. But I've always took it to be much bigger than that. And I, and again, to steal from Paul's um, uh, pool of music here, uh, underrated track that should be played a lot more and just love the simplicity and the message of these, of these lines. Yeah. Tremor Christ might be until maybe insignificance, like Eddie's best, top to bottom lyric uh it's just ev- everything here is uh, every line in the song is great but uh i mean th- that's that's an excellent choice fun uh maybe not fun but a uh, little fact i'll, I'll share here I've, I've never publicized this uh online anyway because of the shit i expect i would get for it uh my <laughs> my college was doing a bunch of of uh promo ads figure uh featuring you know employees of the college where you know picture of you and then you know this is what this person believes and you know why um they care about the college and what they try to do for students blah 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 and i was chosen to do one of those and this is all the the text and copy was uh written by by marketing but the picture was uh was taken of me in my office and there's a, a pearl jam poster uh in my my office and the smallest ocean still get big, big waves is quoted in the, the ad copy um, uh, that they, they put in for me. Outstanding. Amazing. I love it. All right. Well, let's go to Paul's choice. This will be underwhelming, I think, yeah, after uh, I, what you guys just I, dropped. I, I, uh, I'm going to guess that this is the most obvious choice ever from a Paul selection. If you've listened to the show before, you know where we're going here. Once divided. 
nothing left to subtract Some words when spoken Can't be taken back Walks on his own above But in the past he's slow and sinking Yeah, I know. I'm the sucker Come for on. it. Uh, and look, future's above, but in the past he's slow and sinking. It's it's a beautiful pre- precursor, I think, to what we're going to see later in, in Eddie's writing, uh, particularly with a, a lyric that I've already referenced with, with Army Reserve, but uh, it's this opening line. I don't know what it is with Eddie and math, but it's fucking great, Paul. <laughs> it really is. It's fucking great. Once divided, nothing left to subtract. I'm going to keep this really simple. And anytime any, anybody ever asks Eddie what this song is about, he always says the same thing. Uh, if you love somebody, don't fuck it up. Um, if you read that single line, you don't need to ask that question. I'll leave it at that. Anything to add, Step? Uh, another excellent choice. I mean, there, there's so many lyrics that you could choose from phytology but you know that that can hold its own with the the best of them and it is one of those really great um you don't need any other lyrics to understand what the song is about um and that's like right at the start you can get like it's the two first lines. lyric yeah and then it's like and, and you're done uh you know if the song's good so you should keep going but like in terms <laughs> of what the the message is like it's it's right there are there any i'm gonna ask you guys in the spot is there any other song in the catalog that tells you the whole story in the first line like this break or fall <laughs> maybe actually that's a good show well, that's 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 two lines uh, so no i cheated that's a oh, great that's, question that though. is a that is a great question you guys should do a uh an episode on that uh, maybe we have to i mean i think men would win but not, 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 it's not a competition i'm just saying yeah. by the way Nearly done with with beer number two here, and if I'm if oh, you start boy. understanding that my my words are a little bit more slurry, that's why I'm enjoying myself, Paul. Instead, yeah, well, yes. if that's uh, we're gonna have to, there's <clears> gonna <throat> be nine listeners of this episode, and they're the ones that have two and a half hour commutes. <laughs> you know what? God bless them. Here we go. <laughs> we're going to versus second album from the band '93, Stips Choice. Here we go. Vintage verses. Great so, selection. And I am lost. I am no guide, but I'm by your side. I am right by your side. That That's Pearl Jam's mission statement, or at least it was for the first decade of their career. Um, you know, there's, you get the exact same lyric basically in breath. And honestly, I like that one a little bit more. Like that's my favorite Pearl Jam lyric of all time is uh, if I knew where it was, I would take you there. There's much more than this, but it's the exact same sentiment as this. And since that one wasn't allowed, <laughs> uh, for the, the the terms of the of the uh, the episode, um, the the solidarity, the the searching kind of like questing quality to this, like there's a better world out there. There are answers out there, and I don't know what they are yet either. But I will be with you while we look for them together. You know, that's the thread that's running through uh, everything through Yield. 
um, you know, if if not if not beyond, right there. And like Leash is a, it it is not one of their. It's a minor song, you know, in the the catalog for sure. And it's not even one of the bright spots on on verses. But like that lyric is, you know, everything they're trying to do as a band. Well, uh, no need for another clip uh, step because that's my choice as well. The, that exact section. Uh, and, and you've hit the nail on the head. I'm lost. I'm no guy, but I'm by your side. If that, that is, that is exactly why I'm a Pearl Jam fan. A hundred percent. And yeah, they, they, they've, they've kind of moved. I don't want to say moved beyond, but they've, they've built upon that. The second two thirds, half of their career. Um, but that is why I became a fan that is why I stuck with them when Noco wasn't hitting the charts really. And the people are like, huh, yield really? And then by neural right act, you're like, well, I don't know about that. No, I come back to this. The band is my best friend. And it's because they, they make music that does that. That's exactly what it is. That's what it's all about. I don't know where I'm going. You know where I'm going, but it's all about empathy and sympathy and that's it. That's what it is. What it is. Well said. Well, since we we've saved some time here on mine, let's just go straight to Paul's from verses. Here we go. Jam car songs literally started an entire genre in and of itself, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the best one. They, 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 they could have stopped there. They could have stopped there. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's something. You read these lyrics, and I swear to you, you could hear them played alongside the same tempo of a song like Present Tense. If you just read these lyrics mm. independently, mm. you you could imagine this being a completely different track. A completely different tempo, and I think that really stands out to me is, is his delivery of these lines. There's a, there's an urgency, there's a desperate assertion of um, and and a reprieve and a release that comes out of of, of the clarity, and uh, it, it's always been so cathartic to me that delivery. There's it's hard to find moments of authenticity in when, when you combined. Um, the sentiments of these lyrics with his delivery, there is a, a level of authenticity that is rare in music today. And, uh, and he, I, I feel that there and uh, it, it's always just stuck with me ever since. Step you, um, you talked about how you didn't like that break or fall. didn't seem to have a, a nice bone in its body. It didn't have any kind of sympathy for the, for the subject. 
this feels like a bit of that from daughter. I know there's the obviousness of, of the shades are raised and the shades went down and daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, daughter felt super, super just negative. It's just so negative. And this continues negativity, but it adds, adds that ending of there is some optimism. There is an escape from that pain. Um, and I think that's kind of why I don't mind Breakerfall being what it was, but I, I just love how this part of your river mirror, the ending here adds a bit of hope adds a bit of optimism to what is a story that's continued from yeah, a, a track, a dark one, you know, five tracks before to, I, I always look at these songs to be sisters. And so to have that with, with the music as, as it's, as it's, Wind to the sails is just so powerful. I, I I hope you agree. I don't know. I mean, look, River Mirror is, is it's the it's the best song on verses. Um, it's probably, with the exception maybe of of Dance of the Clairvoyance, it's the it's the Pearl Jam song outside of Gigaton that I, I listen to the most these days. Um, it's sort of like had a, a real renaissance for me in the last hmm. you know five ten years. So I can't say enough good things about about the song. I mean, I think that what Daughter and Rearview Mirror do that I think Breaker Vol doesn't is they have, you know, it's not that Breaker Vol is a dark song. It's that there's there's so much empathy for um, the characters, I think, in, in Daughter and Rearview Mirror, if you think of them as the same person. I mean, the the Shades lyric can, you know, help you make that that connection. Um, but it, it just ends in such a, a powerful, cathartic place. It's an interesting choice for a lyric and I want it next time I listen to present tense, I'll try to hum this in because it's, it's an amazingly powerful moment. How much of that is, and the, the sentiment is great. I, at least for me, the climax of river mirror is the performance as much as it is the actual writing. Now, it's a lyric, so you can't separate the, the two. It's meant to be sung and, you know, nobody does that better, but there are other lyrics we've, we've looked at tonight where I can picture another good singer you know, uh, doing something with those words and making it powerful. Like Eddie Vedder is not the only person who could have sung Paul's choice for nothing, man. Um, even if he maybe does it better than anybody else would have. I don't know that anybody else could make rear mirror work. At least not, uh, not as powerfully as it does. And so that's a, it's a perfectly, you know, excellent choice for, for a lyric because the performance is part of it. Uh, I, d- I wonder if, if, it works as well without Eddie singing it. And maybe that's not a fair question to, to even ask because it's, you can't separate the, the performance from the words. And since they, I, you know, and since, since the leash lyric was the obvious choice for the record, you know, um, <laughs> anything that, that I, I think while well, you sag, what do I say? Uh, <laughs> the, um, I think uh, the, uh, not the obvious thing, but is to your point about singing the song, how many covers of rear view mirror have you heard besides that frogs one uh, i don't know that i've ever heard any. yeah I, i've never heard great ones <laughs> it's like there are some songs that are just insanely hard to cover because what the band and what the singer does with it is is you can't be better than that you can't find an alternate way to say it without being i don't want to say an insult but like gauntlet challenge black circle are you listening um you know what i mean like i i I agree i I feel like i'm sure there are plenty of covers nothing man um there's probably you know some are probably pretty good yeah they're probably pretty good 
but rearview mirror is a different different animal. Um, I mean, I, I can't even like sing rearview mirror in my car. Like that's one of those. Like I I can only listen. to Everyone it, like, can sing it in their cars. Uh, no, like once not the part that that Paul picked. Once we get past the the verses, like I'm done. Like I'm not even going to try. He's just air air drumming on. on yeah, yeah. Well, I'm too busy doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, we've come to the final record available on our challenge here. It is ten. It is the original. It is it could be the hardest to choose from. We don't know, but this is Stip's choice. Favorite lyric from 10. I'll wait up in the dark for you to speak to me. Open up. Release me. Release me. I don't know if there's a more powerful moment in the catalog than that um you know release is not my favorite song on on 10 although it's it's up there but that's it's so raw it's so naked it's so beautiful there's so much complexity in the the delivery like you know the power the the desperation the the hope the the defiance like just the the imagery of you know somebody out there in the dark you know crying out to the you know to the heavens for someone to to speak to him like you know to 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 bridge those gaps the to help them get through like the the loneliness the the isolation um you know the 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 power of the phrase you know even just you know release that there's so much being held inside that has to be let go that just comes out in that performance it's i understand that this is a thing but I cannot, I still to this day, 30 years later, cannot fathom why every Pearl Jam fan is not, you know, sort of waiting for Eddie to re- try to recapture what he did on 10. Because there is no better moment than this or what you're about to, to pick in terms of just human beings are not supposed to be able to, they can't sound like this. Nobody else ever has. Like nobody else has fit so much into to such a moment. And it's, I mean, all of that is performance, but it's a beautiful lyric, I think on top of it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it, it's pretty cool that the last, the last real song we've heard from a Pearl, I mean, at least from Eddie is uh, really a, a bookend to release. Mm-hmm. When you think about the ending of, of Earthling. So, yeah. It, it is for a long time been um, maybe the strongest and most emotional moment in the catalog. And <clears throat> there, there are two sides, I think to, yeah, there's life and there's death and there's um, love and love lost. And I think this swims amongst all of it. Um, there, there's, there's, you know, relationship, romantic love, and there's, there's familial love. And you've got this kind of swimming amongst that and, and this unknown of this person who he never really even knew. And it all comes out. It all comes. It's the most emotive point in the record. I think even more so than, than, than my choice, which is coming up. And I think, I think that choice is incredibly emotive. Um, so let's, let's take a listen to my choice for, for my favorite lyric from, from 10. I know you'll be a star. Be 
man. Yep. Man. Everyone. Not, a, not everyone has lost a father. But everyone has lost what they thought was the love of their life. Everyone. Yeah. Well, whether you were 12 or, <laughs> or, or 112, it's happened. It doesn't matter. Everyone, everyone, everyone. To write a song that everyone has experienced, that's the goal. You, you try to write a song that anybody can relate to. And that's not hard. You you pick a love song. You pick you know I'm mad at my parents. You 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 I'm poor. You know anybody can write a song that someone's really that you can relate to, but to do it in such a way, and to use the use the right words in such a way, it, it ends in a question: <laughs> Is Paul? I I got to bequeath to you. Uh, it, it's it's my favorite song in the Pearl Jam catalog. It's my favorite set of lyrics in the Pearl Jam catalog. Mm. It's my favorite set of lyrics, period, by any artist. Um, black it, overall, it, or that moment? Th- that moment in black and black overall. It just it it's uh, yeah. It, um, it, <laughs> it it again. It it comes down to that authenticity that we got in Rearview Mirror. You know, you you really think about the delivery and you think about the lyrics. The fact that there's two things I want to point out. Number one, they refuse to make the song into a video. And I think that 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 speaks to the genuine authenticity that they refuse to be that they did not want to see corrupted by the the, the corporate monopolization of who they were and, and just branding them. But equally as important is the fact that there was a period of time that they stopped playing the song because Eddie could no longer sing that portion the way that he used to. He literally said in a live performance, they, has, they haven't played it as often because it's really hard to sing. And I can't, it's, it's very clear to me that it's that moment. And, and we saw a shift in this song where Mike's guitar has essentially become the emotive expression that Eddie's voice used to assume. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, what better set of lyrics and delivery of lyrics to choose from their first album than ones that we'll never get back again. And I think in a lot of ways that echoes a lot of what we've talked about tonight. Uh, a lot of the songs that, that, and the lyrics that dealt with things that, that are gone that we can't recapture. So that was a, just a beautiful way to finish. It's also my choice as well. Yeah. It's uh, if I didn't pick something from release, it was going to be that. And what, I mean, the, the performance is amazing and it's, it's, Every time you listen to it, especially on headphones, like you, there's a, uh, you know, a, a slight quaver in his voice here or there that you know maybe you didn't pick up on last time. Like it's it's doing so much. It's it's such a an organic. It's it's an organic performance, but it's somehow so like perfectly calibrated so that like every single breath, every single syllable is like taking you to some emotional place. And what it the trick it managed to pull off is you know. That black as a whole, but that's which song I love. And then, but that moment in particular, it's melodramatic as hell, and it shouldn't work the way that it does, except for the fact that it gets to the you know emotional truth of the fact that breakups are melodramatic. Yeah, and they feel that way. You recognize it afterwards. You know, when looking back and you realize it's the point Jason made, like, turns out this probably wasn't the love of your life. Uh, you know, it was the love of that moment. But yeah, yeah. in that moment, when you have that breakup, your your heart stops, the earth, 
you know, ceases to spin. Uh, you know, you cannot breathe. Like, you know, like everything has just utterly fallen away. And Eddie makes it true. Uh, uh, and he, even though that it's such an intensely personal experience, like that particular moment, he somehow manages to make it universal just through it. an expertly cra- crafted set of lyrics and just, you know, a uh, next level performance. We've come to the end of the road here. Uh, just to piggyback off what you said, and I'm going to spin it forward just a little bit for a, an epilogue here. The, the, um, the thing that I think Pearl Jam has always done the best, and especially in the early years to grab that audience, the public, is that they were able to, and I've said it before, they have been able to listen to their fan by playing at them in the most perfect possible way. And this is one of those situations where they've done it and it could not be more impeccable. I want, I want to say, what do you, what do you think we've learned? If anything from this exercise, we learned a lot of good lyrics. Yeah. (laughs) Besides that. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I think we've learned that in a lot of ways, uh, and I, I'm going to reference something that, that Lenny Prado said from Black Circle. Um, there's so much about Pearl Jam that really operates as the soundtrack of our lives. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's, one of the things that I, I think makes them so so compelling and so interesting, and this is kind of, a, I think, a, a roundabout way to to get to that soundtrack point, is there's a couple of themes that they explore that it, is evolutionary it's like you know starting out as as some people in their their mid to to late you know 20s this like you know scrappy underdog band you know all the way through you know people pushing you know 60 you know in the rock and roll hall of fame with uh you know with with you know children and having lived the you know the the lives they could only have dreamed of they've always been about trying to find a way to make that meaningful and that at the core of, of that experience is, is love. And, you know, that's the through line through, I think, almost every lyric that we ended up, you know, picking tonight over spanning 30 years and 11 records and three people, you know, diving in. Um, you know, they've, they've been grabbed, the, the questions they start to raise on 10, they've just been grappling with their entire lives because it, it, it's the most important question, you know, that you can ask. With that, let's go to the lyric of the week. Well, it's hard to top all that, but we're going to try. And I don't know how the hell we're going to talk about this, but we are. There are some tracks in the Pearl Jam catalog that I didn't think we'd ever actually get to. I thought it was just there to just sit unchecked off. Paul Gillieri has decided, not today, my friend, not today. We're going to Vitalogy, <laughs> and we're going to Hey Foxy Mop Handle Mama, That's Me. That's the only thing I want so much. Why is that better than being hugged? Why is that better than being hugged? Because you get closer to 
house. Paul, I have one question for you, and that is, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, first and foremost, we just talked about our favorite lyrics. What better way to end this episode <laughs> with arguably, now probably definitively, the most hated lyric <laughs> or the most hated song in the entire Pearl Jam catalog that, that what many would regard as an unlistenable track. Uh, uh, look, I'm not going to mount an, an overly long defense of this particular track. I've long argued that uh, Vitalogy is Pearl Jam's white album. And uh, if, if you like Revolution Number no. 9, which you probably don't, uh, I think it's, it's very clear in a lot of ways how that track, to me at least, was essential to the listening experience that was the White Album. I think it, it, it's really about watching a band at work. It's, it's an exercise in seeing a band creatively experiment. And it, it, it's, it, it's an album that serves as a conduit. It's, it's like you get to be a fly on the wall. And uh, a lot of bands don't, they, they didn't want to produce records like that. They had to be concept albums or they, they had to fit a certain formula. They had to produce a certain um, construct of what a single should sound like. And I think uh, the Pearl Jam gave a big old middle finger to a lot of that with Phytology and they didn't make it a double album and that's perfectly fine. But um, this song here, it, it samples some audio from a 1986 uh, documentary, I think uh, on Frontline. Mm -hmm. It's an episode of, of Frontline uh, called A Matter of the Mind. And uh, it, it, what I think we have to remember is that there's a real person talking in that song. There's a real person who's lost. And we, we, talk, we talked a lot about how much of Pearl Jam's music explores what it feels like to be lost. But that, that, that is, you want to talk about authenticity? That is someone who's lost. And uh, I, 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 it's such a haunting track when you listen to it. It's more than just a, kitschy cute experimentation i think that in a lot of ways it it really does become an essential part of the vitology listening experience think about what vitology was about think about the word vitology and, and then i think when you when you really think about the medical book the journal that became the artistic drive for for the packaging you think about a song like this and uh it it, it really really does show us just how fragile the mind and, and life can be. And, and uh, hopefully you, you, the big takeaway at the end is, is um, how grateful we should be for, for the hearts and the minds that, that we do have. And uh, I, I don't know, I, look, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is an easy listening experience. It's not, but, but I also think in a lot of ways it's an essential one. So. Yeah. The um, it's difficult because these aren't, lyrics per se yeah to your point if they're excerpts from from a documentary of real people and it really it, it's a it's a it shows that there is a lack of mental clarity and balance uh herein and you've got a um a really sad uh portrait of a, of people and without realizing it you are you're bearing all of their flaws and desires in one moment and, and so many of them are unfulfilled. And I don't, I don't know that I can really dive into this any better than what step you did uh, on your, on your guided tour um, so many years ago. And if you'd like to summarize or kind of pull from that, if you can remember it <laughs> uh, for, for the listening public here who may not have read that all those years ago, uh, feel free. Uh, I'll, I'll do my best. I, I think Paul uh, pretty much covered it. I am not a stupid mop defender. For me, Vitology 
ends on immortality and stupid mop is uh and is a homework listen um or i like it a little bit more if i think of it as a like a hidden track i got yelled at on red mosquito for advancing this the other day uh <laughs> that it, it's a it's in it works better for me as a hidden track but they right. made it but they made it a separate track so that it didn't screw up putting uh immortality <laughs> on like mixtapes and stuff like that because for a long time you needed to like slot nine minutes if you wanted to put release on because you couldn't separate out right. Master Slave. Um, but I, I think I think Paul has it has it right. Um, you know, the you could think of if you want to be charitable with with Stupid Mop and justify its inclusion. You know, after Immortality sort of closes out the main arc of the album, you know, Stupid Mop represents you know what happens if you know the the subject of vitology like you know doesn't make it out um you know doesn't find meaning doesn't find love doesn't find purpose doesn't find you know clarity it's uh, a horrific epilogue isn't it it is it is it's like you know this is you that's know, the right is, word epilogue what, that's it, the is. Word it is it, it's an epilogue uh, and it's well said and if you don't take that last exit you know this is where you've you get up there's like a, a great callback to the opening track by the way <laughs> a, a desperate you know like it's it's what's what's really sad and and rough about it is that instead of you know love and meaning you have you know uh violence and trauma that are are taking its place uh if you're not supported if you're left alone um you know if you're if you're abandoned and misunderstood uh, as those things, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, uh, and so it's it's a, it's a warning, you know, it's a, a judgment, um, you know, of, you know, a society that lets people get that alone, uh, that help that leads people to the point where they have to feel that way. Um, so you can make that that case. Paul was uh, a lot more articulate about this than. Uh, uh, than I'm, I'm being certainly right now, but I don't know that it's essential, uh, or at the very least, I, I would, I would. No one said it's that. essential, but we had to tick the box because it I was called it. But that's okay. Yeah, no, 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 Paul did. <laughs> yeah, Paul did. Um, I want to point out, you know, we've come to the end of the road here, and it's been. Um, I mean, I don't know how long this episode is going to end up being, but we've been essentially recording for about two and a half hours, and. Um, so much so, and I don't know what kind of computer Paul has, but it's gone from 100% down to 5% battery. That's where we're living right now. I, I have mine plugged in because I, I, wasn't I don't. Sure. Mine's not plugged in. And I, didn't and I had a me. bunch of tabs open for work, and, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank all of you for making it to the end, those of you who did. Um, and I want to thank Stip for, for braving the fact that it is now 12.37 a.m. where he lives. And to to take this journey with us because it's one of those episodes, one of those topics that um, I felt needed his expertise. You know, it's a hundredth episode. That's a, that's a milestone they say, and um, this is one of those topics that you know you see it on Facebook. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite? Blah blah. You know that that's fine, and and, and that's cool. But we wanted to really exhaust it properly on this show, and he, and so we did. And uh, we chose this episode to do it, and we chose Stip for a damn good reason because this guy knows his shit, and um, he's a hell of a guy. So, Stip, I want to thank you for for battling with us for multiple hours. Thanks for for having me. This is I'm 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 
just as grateful. This was a blast, and I learn a ton from both of you every time I'm on the show. You're too kind. <laughs> he is too kind. That's I'm, I'm just I'm just kind enough. He's also um, cranked out three more Mountain Dews since we've been recording. I, I wish. I have to go to bed tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm That's finishing my second beer. It is right here. It is the um, it is the Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Paul has finished his scotch. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll be with you next time. And we'll start an, a new hundred. Uh, so again, thank you very much. If you have not already subscribed to the channel, please do so. Please leave us a review. Give us a rate. All that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you out on the internet. And we'll be back next time uh, for this podcast. I don't know. How how am I ending this thing? I don't even know. This is just so much talking. I can't even end it properly. Let's just grab a mop and and just clean this thing up here. There you go. You've been listening to The State of Love and Trust.